Hi, it's Malcolm and Maria here with our prayers and reflection for Sunday the 4th of October. Say hi, Malcolm. Hello, everybody. <sighs> Welcome, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made and he will cause us to rejoice in this day. Let us read a few verses from Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the flock under his, his care. Malcolm will pray for us now. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice in it. We thank you for the invitation in your word to come, to come and sing, to come and worship, to come and lift our hearts to you. Father God, as we come, we some of us will have had a difficult time this week. Some of us will have had a peaceful time. Some may be a joyful time with good news. Some maybe have heard bad news and are troubled at this time. But Lord, however we come, we pray that you would pour out your spirit, that we might know the peace of God that passeth all understanding. We pray that as we come, we would lift our hearts. We thank you for Jesus, our Saviour, our Lord, our friend. We thank you that Jesus has, has died in our place, has taken our place on the cross, and that, Lord, we come confessing our sins and our sinfulness, but we thank you that Christ is our Saviour. He is our Redeemer. He is our Rock, our Refuge. And we thank you that on the third day he rose again. We thank you that he'll come again in glory. And, Lord, we just pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit into our lives to sustain us, to give us joy day by day, to give us peace when we are troubled, Father, to bring hope when we're in despair. So, Lord, we come with thankful hearts for all that you have done for us, for all that you are. And we pray, God, that in this time of worship, we pray that we might know your presence with us, to sustain us, strengthen us, and give us hope for the days ahead. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Andrew Brown is going to be sharing God's word today. But first, the reading is from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, sorry, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up, go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, 
But when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man Saul and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem and he's come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest any who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. We thank God for his word. I'm always struck when we do the Christianity Explored course how again and again the people who encountered Jesus didn't get who he was. And whether they were for him or against him, they constantly needed to be corrected about who he was and why he came. Uh, they constantly misunderstood him. They had him pegged as a, you know, a good teacher, or they thought he was going to throw the Romans out, or they thought he drove out demons by the power of the devil. Um, it's why I'm glad the Christian scriptures aren't just a list of sayings and rules. Though there are sayings and rules in the Bible, of course. Um, a lot of the Bible is made up of stories about real people and how they encounter God, and how they're completely transformed as a result of the encounter. All kinds of people, fishermen, tax collectors, women collecting water at wells, the lame, teachers, widows, synagogue rulers, rich men, lepers, the blind. And today we learn about another encounter with Jesus, and one of the most dramatic of changes. The conversion of a Pharisee, a religious fanatic, a violent man, a passionate man. And this passage in many of your Bibles is titled Saul's Conversion or Saul's Turnaround. And this was the most dramatic of U-turns. Today we learn about a conversion which I don't think it's exaggerating to say has totally changed our world. The, the book of Acts in general is a dizzying tale of how Christianity went from a few frightened disciples in an upper room, mourning the death of their leader to spreading amongst Jews all over the Mediterranean, and then to non-Jews, and after the book of Acts closes it goes on to the farthest corners of the world, and it even stops by a little island off the coast of Europe, which is Britain today, and all that started from an upper room. 
And before Saul's conversion, it was still largely a Jewish sect. It was a kind of branch of Judaism. And even if it had reached as far as an Ethiopian court official, that Ethiopian court official was still a believer in the Jewish scriptures who had come to Jerusalem to worship. Today, in this story of Saul, God starts to put in place a plan that had been kind of on hold since the calling of Abraham, that Abraham would be a blessing to all nations. And as we read again and again in the Psalms, that people of all nations would praise him. And he does that by calling his chosen instrument to carry his message to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. As always, God demonstrates his glory by doing what we would think is impossible. And so today is all about Saul. And where was Saul last time we saw him? In the book of Acts, back in chapter 7, we read how Stephen had been stoned to death and how a young man named Saul guarded the coats of those who stoned him. And at the start of chapter 8, we read, And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. And if we jump forward to chapter 9 that we read today, we read, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And so we have this picture of violence and something we read about today and we understand believers living in fear that someone's going to come and drag them out of their houses, that someone in the synagogue is going to pick them out as a Christian and it's going to result in them being torn away from their families and dragged hundreds of miles away to Jerusalem to face trial. And the person they all feared was Saul. And yet if we skip forward to just after this passage, we find this same Saul was preaching in the synagogues that Jesus was the Son of God and causing a lot of confusion to everybody who was asking themselves, is, is this the same Saul who was... And he was very quickly the subject of a murder plot from the Jews himself because they didn't like what he was saying. And best of all, we read that following Saul's conversion, the church enjoyed a period of peace after a period of intense persecution. So what happens in this passage that brings about this dramatic change for Saul and for God's church? I don't think it can get any more dramatic than this. The short answer is that Saul has an encounter with the risen Jesus. And here in this passage, Jesus speaks. The same Jesus who was crucified not that long ago, who died, he was buried. He rose from the dead and the disciples saw disappear into a cloud. He speaks from heaven. And just as he did on earth, he cuts across people's assumptions and he lifts them out of their comfort zone and reveals to them what he's doing in the world and he enlists them in his work. And in this case, uh, a couple of days later, we literally read that something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. Now Saul, when he was going to Damascus, uh, he thought he was doing God's work. He thought he was purging the true religion of Judaism of a dangerous heresy. 
he thought that some guy called Jesus had gone around calling himself the Son of God and was blaspheming. And his followers were blasphemers. And in, in Saul's mind, there was only one God, the great I Am of Moses and the prophets. And he was prepared to commit violence and murder to defend him. And into the middle of this, in broad daylight, in the open countryside, in the company of his henchmen, he brought with him, I'm sure, the same Jesus spoke out of the blue sky. Why are you attacking me? Why are you persecuting me? And what did Saul reply? Saul replied, Who are you, Lord? He devoted his life to pursuing the followers of Jesus, but the Jesus he had in mind wasn't this Jesus. The Jesus he had in mind was some kind of terrorist, a troublemaker, a rabble-rouser, and he was almost certainly dead. He wasn't alive and in heaven, and he certainly wasn't the Son of God. So when Jesus replied, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, it must have been a devastating revelation. And this man who thought he was doing God's work suddenly saw his life for what it really was, a life that had actually put religion before God, a life that had rejected God's Son, and that he, instead of doing God's work, was the latest in a long line of people who had killed those God had sent because they didn't like what God was telling them. They wanted their religion of hierarchy and purity and striving to be better than the next person. And God instead wanted to give them love and forgiveness and service and humility. And how devastating it must have been to realize that your entire life that you devoted yourself to was actually all wrong. Later in, in Acts, in chapter 22, we read the story of Saul's conversion in his own words when he tells this story. And... In that story, his immediate response was one of surrender. He, he just said, what shall I do, Lord? We read that he was physically blinded for three days. And how much during those three days he must have thought about how blind he had been. And at the end of three days, he was reborn. At the end of three days, like Jonah, he was commissioned again to do God's work. And instead of dragging followers of Jesus out of the houses of Damascus, instead of a follower of this Jesus stood in front of him and laid hands on him and prayed for him and baptized him as a follower of Jesus. A few days earlier, he was in a position of power and authority with these letters in his hand and he would happily have dragged this man out of his house bound and marched him to prison in Jerusalem. But now instead, he's in a position of dependence and waiting. And this believer is calling him brother. And soon it will be Saul who will be bound and beaten for what he believes and Soon he will be called to give his life for this same Jesus. Like I said at the start, everyone who encountered Jesus was changed. We saw all through the Gospels there was no way to meet with Jesus and sit on the fence. And I think we want to ask ourselves this morning, have we encountered the living, risen Lord Jesus? Is the Jesus that we have in our minds this Jesus? Or like Saul, do we have our own idea about who Jesus is and when we meet with the real Jesus, it's challenged and it's upended. I think I want us to remember that Jesus is alive and he still speaks. He still reveals himself, not from heaven maybe with a blinding light and a voice, but he still speaks. And even or maybe especially he still speaks and calls those who we think are beyond help. Maybe we need to think about those people in our lives who we think God can't possibly save them and ask ourselves again and redouble our prayers for those people and remind ourselves that God can, if he chooses, call those people to himself. 
or maybe like Ananias, we know God wants us to go and or to do and go and speak and we're saying are you sure god it doesn't make a lot of sense to me given what i know about this situation the world around us often doesn't make sense but we have to trust that god is in control and sometimes he might lead us somewhere unexpected somewhere where we can't see the end from the beginning i wonder now as we're starting a period of reflection on the vision for the church for the next few years is there something god is calling us to that might not seem obvious to us I'm struck again and again throughout Acts how God works. He speaks. He acts directly again and again. He speaks directly to Saul. But he also calls and sends and speaks through his people. He also sends the Ananiases. He fills them with the Spirit and sends them out to proclaim the good news about Jesus. He doesn't depend on us to do his work, but he chooses to work through people. And Maybe today, maybe in these weeks and months, as we start to look at the vision for the church, we can ask ourselves, what's God's plan? And pray that he would reveal it to us and open ourselves to the possibility that it might be very different to some of our ideas. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Today in our main service, we are hearing from Jeff Mann of the Gideons, as they're known today, Good News UK. They're the charity that puts Bibles in hotel rooms. And they've recently had a promotion placing their Hope magazine and New Testaments in key places around North London. They have had a good reception and have distributed a vast amount of literature to people. As we think about Saul's conversion, let's pray that many who read these will also discover Jesus for themselves. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you revealed yourself to Saul and he came to put his trust in you. We thank you that we too have come to know you as our Lord and Saviour. We pray for those who have received Bibles and magazines in recent weeks. We pray that through the printed word they may discover Jesus and give their lives to him. We pray they may find hope, love and forgiveness in their own lives. Help us, Lord, to be a witness for you in all that we say and do. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and help us to rely on you daily. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to close now with the Lord's Prayer. Let's say it together. Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen.